Welcome to the Piedmont Kingdom Men podcast. Today's episode will feature one of the messages that were presented at our first Kingdom Men gathering on April 13th, 2019. This gathering of men from Piedmont Church was the kickoff to what we hope will be an encouraging, challenging, motivating, and active ministry. Today's message is from Jeff Wright, a husband, father, entrepreneur, army ranger, and elder at Piedmont Church. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Kingdom Men Podcast. Um, a little bit about my background. I served in the Army for a few years. Uh, I was a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division, um, and I was a Ranger in 1st Ranger Battalion. Um, so here's kind of a funny story. Um, just so you don't think I take myself a little too seriously. So one of the cool things that special operations folks do um, is this thing called fast roping, which is a way to insert onto the battlefield, and it's basically sliding down a rope like a fireman pole. So there's not a carabiner, you're not hooked up to anything, no harness, it's, it's literally just grabbing the rope with your hands and your feet. So my funny story is when I first got to the Ranger unit, one of the first training exercises that I went on um, was a training exercise where we did something just like this, about that height, 30 to 40 feet. So you can imagine I'm a young officer showing up to this elite unit, and I'm anxious, and I'm excited, and all that. Um, And you can see where the rope, I don't know if you can see at the top, but the rope is actually about a couple feet just beyond the edge of the, the bottom of the helicopter. So if you're if you're not a really tall guy, and I'm not a really tall guy, it's a bit of a, a bit of a leap of faith. And you know, we had done training, so I was trained, although perhaps maybe not enough because I was somewhat um, unprepared. And so on my very first fast rope, uh, new to the Ranger unit, on my very first uh, training exercise, I missed the rope with my feet. I won the race to the bottom, all right? <laughs> Look, it's not a race to the bottom. You're supposed to have a controlled descent, and I descended at a rapid rate of speed, all right? That's not what you're supposed to do. So I I had it with my hands, and I missed it with my feet. Luckily, um, and we have friction gloves, um, I was able to slow myself down just enough not to get hurt, um, but it it could have been close. So, um, But I was excited. I was new and all that stuff. Um, And I'm really excited about what we have going on today. Um, bear with me because I'm really excited. Uh, there are several of us that has, have this tugging on our hearts for several years to get the men together um, in community. Actually, I hope you don't bear with my excitement. I hope that you join in on uh, the excitement. I believe that it starts and ends with the men. I, th- I think that as the men go, the church will go. So I'm really excited. Um, Ike mentioned this uh, in a sermon a month or two ago that he had a vision to see all the seats of our church filled. And perhaps that starts today with this gathering of the men of Piedmont, the kingdom men of Piedmont as the tipping point. A lot has gone into this, a lot of praying, a lot of planning, a lot of conversations with leadership and men's ministry type folks, both in and outside of the church. And I know that there's been a buildup to think about, hey, what is this gonna be? And we have this one event, but what's gonna happen? Um, what's really important to us though, is that we band together as a culture, as a community of kingdom men, not just today, but after today and continuously moving forward. So we'll talk about some of the stuff that we have going on. Like we're gonna open up a Bible study this week to the men. Um, we're gonna go see a movie together, plan a, a movie outing later in the month to see Tony Evans' Kingdom Man. 
which is the book that inspired sort of the name here. Um, we're gonna have future events similar to this at breakfast where I hope Ike is available to teach us about the concept of leadership as men. We're gonna set up hopefully a steak dinner where we talk about what's at stake for men in partnership with another men's ministry organization. So there's a lot of this going on. But what I want you to understand is that we need you as, as a church and as a band of kingdom men, we need everybody in this room to help drive the culture, push the culture, lead and mentor each other. So not just contribute and participate, but let's all band together to do this. A lot of this has been inspired uh, by Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So go is a very strong action word. We're called to take a step. We're called to move. We're not called to disciple those that just happen to be around us, look around who's there. No, we need to go and make disciples. Disciple, by the way, is not just a student, but it's a follower, a follower in all ways of our life towards Jesus. So it doesn't happen immediately. I mean, it even says here, in teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. There's a process here, there's a journey. And some of us can be on different steps or different points along that journey. There may be men in this room that are, you know, that, that are here to kind of figure out what is discipleship and what does that look like? And there are probably men in this room um, that have gone through all seasons of the journey of discipleship and really have a lot of value to help people out. Disciple is a follower, not just a student. And if you think about it, you really can't be a good leader until you're a good follower first. So that's the inspiration here. Go and make disciples. That's our calling. As kingdom men, we're to fulfill our calling. So the first thing I want you to understand is what is a kingdom man? A kingdom man is a man who lives for God's purpose in all areas of his life. A kingdom man takes charge of the responsibility granted to him, pursues it, accepts and bears that responsibility in that mission with everything that he has, but he does so in full submission to God. Full submission to God. He operates under the headship and under the authority of God, even with the authority that he's been granted within that mission. Kingdom man is a man who rules according to God's rule. That's, that's powerful here. Could you imagine the power that we have with the authority that we're granted if we operate in full force and strength and boldness within the confines of God's mission for us. An evangelist, Henry Varley said it this way, the world has yet to see what God will do with and for and through and in and by the man who is wholly consecrated to God. I hope that can be you. Tony Evans, the author of, of the book Kingdom Man said it this way, a kingdom man is the kind of man that when his, hit, when his feet hit the floor each morning, the devil says, oh crap, he's up. <laughs> now you, you may think to yourself, well, what does it mean to lead boldly and courageously and yet still submit at the same time? In our minds, those might seem like conflicting concepts, but they're actually aligning concepts. I'll give you an example of the way I like to think about it. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, obviously president during World War II, well, he granted the authority, the mission, and the responsibility of taking back Europe in the title of Supreme Allied Commander to General Dwight Eisenhower. Now, Eisenhower grasped that responsibility. 
He led that effort, he saw that mission through, he bared the weight of that mission and he accomplished it. Probably the greatest title and mission of history, modern history, if not all history, other than Jesus. But he did that within, within the confines of the authority that was above him, that was granted to him. He submitted to the authority that was the United States as represented by the president of the United States. In other words, in other words he didn't take the authority of I'm supreme allied commander, I have the strongest force in the world. I just took Europe. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take a little more. It might do me some good to take a little bit more and push into Eastern Europe a little bit, maybe even into Russia or Asia a little bit. Well, we got North Africa. Maybe I'll just push down a little bit because I'm pretty powerful, a supreme allied commander. No, he operated within the confines of the mission that was granted to him in full, in full submission to that authority. That's the way we can think about it because our mission is heavy too as men. So what does a kingdom man look like? What is, you know, practically, what does that look like in our lives? Kingdom man is strong. Kingdom man is strong in Christ. This is that pursuit, that submission, that, that relationship. All we, are, yeah, all we are with all that we do is a follower of Christ. A kingdom man is strong in the word. Be in the word regularly, man. I mean, as kingdom men, as followers of Christ, someone who bared the weight of, this, uh, of all the sins of all eternity has a chance to talk to us or write us a letter, we should be itching and starving for that word. And not just because it's something that we should do every day and check off a task and all that kind of stuff, but, but it's because it's part of our identity and who we are as kingdom men as we spend time in the word. By the way, don't miss this. Don't let Satan no more truth than you. Now, I didn't say don't let Satan know more stuff than you. He's been around a little bit longer than all of us here, um, but don't let him know more truth. And this is all the truth that you need. Right here, this is the Bible. Uh, if Satan knows more truth than you, then you have a vulnerability, you have a gap, and Satan will go after that and exploit it and try to deceive you. And that's how he'll attack you. And we'll talk about that in a second. A kingdom man is strong in his vocation. What we do with our talents and how we work, no matter where we are at the moment, is a form of worship. A kingdom man is strong in serving. Jesus himself came to serve, not be served. So we should be serving others. Kingdom man is strong in leading his family. Men, biblically, we are the pastor of our family. We are the frontline defense. Pastor Ike, I, uh, pastor Ike pastors our church and he does so phenomenally, but he's not the personal pastor of your family. You are. By the way, by the way, 1 Corinthians 14, 35 says, if they want to inquire about something that is the wise, they should ask their husbands at home. Kingdom man is strong in leading and teaching his family. Uh, kingdom man is strong in his discipleship, strong in his mentorship. We have to be intentional about this. There are men in this room whose mentorship I need. And there are men in this room who need to hear and learn from my sins so they don't make the same mistakes. And a kingdom man is strong in courage because none of this is easy, right? If it was easy, everybody would do it and we wouldn't see um, the need for it. And it takes courage. And none of this happens on accident. It takes being intentional and deliberate. And this is what I fear that we miss. So the second thing I want you to understand is that the need is urgent. 
Here are just a few stats that I found, and I can give you the, the sources after uh, if you're interested. Uh, but only one of 18 men in America are actively engaged in discipleship. This blew my mind. When a mother comes to Christ, her family will join her, church, her, join her at church only 17% of the time. But when a father comes to Christ, his family joins him 93% of the time. The urgent is real. Of 10 men in the church, nine will have children who leave the church with no desire to come back. Of 10 men in the church, we know this, four will have divorces or marriages that end in divorce. Of 10 men in the church, only one will have a biblical worldview. And of 10 men in the church, all 10 will struggle to balance family, work, their spiritual walk. And the problem is, I think that we, we're just not intentional in prioritizing and deliberate about putting our discipleship first. Think about this. All right, who, who in this room has had just like a really easy life and career? Nobody, right? Especially, man, we think about work, right? I had to work through my career. I had to battle through my career. I had to fight in my career. Hashtag grind and all that stuff, right? Well, I bet you you could ask that question to anybody or any congregation and get the same thing. But if you ask them, did you have to hashtag grind through your spiritual walk? You're probably not gonna get the same response. We get distracted. We're passive in this part of our lives as men, typically because we're so focused on one thing. This is inherent in our sin nature. Goes back to the very first man, Adam. The Lord God, Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Authority and responsibility was granted. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. Don't miss this. He told Adam and Adam alone not to eat the fruit from that tree. Evil isn't even in the picture. God gave that responsibility and that authority to Adam. So what happened? Satan recognized this. The Bible doesn't say this, but I could picture a scenario where Adam was so laser focused on keeping the garden, his vocation, his work, his productivity, that he was passive towards that. He wasn't focused on leading his family and the responsibility given to him over all of his family. He was focused on his career, essentially, right? And God, or, and, and Satan exploited that. We know the story, the manipulation, and that's how sin entered the, word, uh, entered the world. But in Genesis 3, 9, the Lord called to the man, where are you? So even before and after, the responsibility stayed with Adam. And this is just all too common. If we're not focused, if we're not laser focused and intentional on the spiritual walk and the discipleship and the authority and responsibility that we're granted, then, then we'll just miss it. I'll give you, in full transparency, I'll give you a personal story. When Laura and I were uh, first married, before we had kids, we lived in Virginia and we were in a young married uh, uh, Sunday school class and we were studying generosity and, and the tithe and it was, happened to be around tax season. And I realized that we had not given a dime to the church in the year prior. Now, was that because I was vindictive and said, give me my money, it's mine? No, 
Oh, we were, we were busy, we moved, I was, doesn't matter, that's all distraction. The point is I was passive. I just didn't think about it. And the effect of I was passive and didn't think of it and I'm gonna vindictively keep for myself is the same, right? That was eye-opening. And as you can imagine, extremely convicting. This is inertia, right? Man, if we don't fight to give, then greed will overtake us. If we don't fight to serve, then selfishness will overtake us. If we don't fight for purity, then lust will overtake us. If we don't fight to be productive, laziness will overtake us. If we don't fight to move, we will sit passively still. And if we don't fight for the kingdom and his greatness, then our world will deteriorate around us. So the urgency is there and the need is real. The last thing I wanna talk about is how do we do it? What do we do? Well, the good news is that we do it together through fellowship, through brotherhood. God never intended us to go through it alone. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds together. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the practice of doing, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We're meant to and called to do it together. Men, we need to get off the bench and go into battle. We can be equipped with the, with the weaponry of our faith and with the word of God. But if we don't have each other, we may not be properly trained. We'll probably be unprepared. And I fear it'll be like fast roping without your feet on the rope and you're likely to crash and burn. Fellowship. Iron sharpens iron, right? It doesn't say iron sharpens itself. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one, in, one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. So what does that look like? 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14 say, be on your guard, stand firm in faith, be men of courage, be strong, and do everything in love. Courage and strength. Stand firm. Again, this isn't easy all the time, right? It takes courage. We need each other. We need to open up. We need to be vulnerable and we need to hold each other accountable. And if you think about it, being held accountable is when you reveal to another man what you need to be held accountable to by your standards under God, not some goal or, or option that they pick because then that's just sort of like a favor, right? Or like a job, if I'm gonna do something that's someone else. But if you open up yourself to have someone else hold you accountable for what you need, that's accountability. And that takes courage. That's not, that's not easy to do, right? Open up. Reveal your weaknesses, reveal your temptations, reveal your desires, your dreams. It's not all negative. Encourage each other. It still takes a little bit of vulnerability and courage. But if you think about it, courage is really just the difference between a boy and a man. Courage is what leads to maturity. A boy will lie to cover up his sin where a man faces his sin and repents. A boy will walk out on a tough situation a man will lead courageously to and through a tough situation. It takes courage. 
Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, then one can help the other up. We're called to do it together. Why? Why? Because it's God's mission to us. He has granted that responsibility to us. But if you think about it, it's also because someone's eternity depends on it. Someone's eternity depends on our spiritual leadership as kingdom men. So think about that. Ask yourself, whose who's eternity depends on my kingdom man spiritual leadership and discipleship? If you have a family, it's certainly gonna be your, your wife and your kids and all that, but look beyond that too. Look around you. Who in your life and your circle and your group depends on you? Probably a little more than you think. It's probably the people that you come across in your life. Collectively, it's certainly our community and our church and our society. Look, my prayer is that as the kingdom men of Piedmont, we take action together to go, grow strong from the inside out, that we would strengthen the church and become the foundation, not just in serving the community, but changing the trajectory of the lack of godly men that we see in society. I think we can do that starting today. After all, we exist to show God's love in such a way that people would exchange ordinary living for extraordinary living through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And I believe that transformation happens here together as men. So just in review, here's what I want you to know. We have a calling. By the way, this calling is not about um, ego or being macho or stereotype or anything like that. It's about, it's about divine commission. That's God-given mission. We have a calling. Our enemy is distraction and passivity. We are a kingdom man, and it is our responsibility to serve as stewards of that mission that God has granted us. Second, here's, here's the urgency that I hope that you sense. Unless a man is 100% intentional about sharpening himself and sharpening each other, he is at risk to succumb to the vacuum of spiritual atrophy in our families, our church, our community, and the world depend on us. So here's what I want you to do. Go join the movement, make disciples. Best part is we're not alone. In fact, the end of the uh, passage that we led with in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus tells us, surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. So let's start this movement today. We as kingdom men are strong in our presence here at Piedmont. So let's band together. Let's band together. Gentlemen, pray with me and then we're gonna go to our, um, our tables for some discussion. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these men. Thank you for the mission and the responsibility that you've given us to live as stewards of your mission and under submission to you. Thank you for the chance that we have to gather in fellowship and as a brotherhood to disciple and mentor one another, Lord. And I pray that you speak to us and encourage us to do just that for your purpose. Thank you again and thank you most of all for Jesus, for the gift that was given to us through his salvation. 
that allows us the relationship with you. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Piedmont Kingdom Men podcast. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode.